0: Welcome to episode 61 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business.
1: We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today we'll be discussing forward weight shift while squatting, barbell versus dumbbell deadlifts, and how to help a client who can't hinge. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show.
0: What is up, Achievers? It's episode 61. We just got back from the Perform Better Summit. Yes. The Perform Better Summit, for those of you who don't know, uh, Perform Better is a equipment company, uh, but they happen to put on seminars and workshops all across the world. The summit happens three times a year in various locations, and uh, Rhode Island is one of them. Um, that's one we go to. We've gone to it eight out of the last nine years, I think. Yeah. We started going in like 2009 or something like that.
1: Yeah, you went to one before me because I was in Australia.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, and you know, I, I would probably say it's one of those like events that has really shaped sort of the trajectory of our careers. I would say, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. the first time we went, it was like, I mean, there's like, I think, 45, no, not 45. There's like there's 20, 25 yeah. different presenters, and I think each one does about two lectures each, so it ends up being close to 50 lectures throughout the course of the three day weekend, and it's just like, it's great because you can just kind of like either sit down in one particular one or you can kind of like bop around to different lecturers and it just shows you like how much you really don't know how much there is like more to explore within each avenue of fitness Um, it's just a great way to um, meet other people like-minded people that get and understand where you're coming from and just like the energy is awesome and it's just it's just an, an amazing event that is put on by perform better and um we we just really love attending it.
1: Yeah, it's so much fun. We this year we got to go with uh, our coaches Sarah and Ted, and one of our interns Michaela and and Miguel, one of our coaches. Miguel. Yeah. Um. So we had a good good achieve crew there. Um. And yeah, it's really fun to just like, especially if it's their first or second time being there to like. Show them this new world of all these amazing people that kind of think like them and and act like them and it's just it's just a really amazing time and so if you're I think the last two of the year are in Chicago and Long Beach
0: yes um, yeah. so if
1: you're in either of those areas we highly would recommend going and going and checking one of those out um, if not even like for the education part too, just for the social, social aspect too, Yeah, like the networking aspect, because you meet so many people who are doing what you're doing and you get to brainstorm with them and talk to them about like what's working for them and what's not and what they love about changing people's lives. It's just really (laughs) fun. So yeah. And it was, we rented an Airbnb with Sarah and Ted and it was the weirdest house ever.
0: Super weird. I mean, Like talk about how pictures don't tell the whole story. Like they really took like literally the best like little corners of the house and they put them up on the Airbnb (laughs) site. I was like, oh, this price is a steal. And we get there, it's like it's like the weirdest possible place you can imagine. Like as soon as you walk up the stairs, you get into the room, you look to your right, and there's like a weight training set. There's a bench, lat pull down, like all in one machine. And the bench press is set up with 95 pounds and at the end of that on each side is a toy, a paper towel roll <laughs> on either end. So it's like, it wasn't like it just happened to be there. It was like he actually thought to put it on either side and exercise with it. It seemed like. It,
1: it seemed like it. It was like it was two and a half pound <laughs> plates or something. And
0: then directly next to it is a dumbbell rack with a sword underneath and also two bamboo like pipes. Like it was very surreal. And then you walk over to the left, open kitchen concept and there's like, like old school like tea teapots and plates and like silverware like all on the wall
1: hanging on the walls um
0: uh, and then like <laughs> large victorian table like we could have had like a like a knights of the round table sort of like <laughs> Uh, feast. De feast yeah exactly like interesting artwork um there yeah, was you know. no
1: door in the bathroom so we had to announce loudly <laughs> to each other that we were going into the bathroom so that nobody could come around the corner a, a great
0: co-worker <laughs> setting
1: yeah basically it was a really good bonding experience <laughs> um,
0: but yeah the perform better summit is awesome like um what was I gonna say it was uh oh we were kind of just reminiscing um how i mean the first year that i went we didn't i didn't drive or get a hotel or anything because I could barely afford to attend the summit of the first place. So I took a train in every morning. I went on the commuter rail and um, it was, yeah, it was just early in the morning, late at night, just kind of going, bopping back and forth on train. And I remember going to the social on a Friday night and, you know, everyone's talking, the, the whole floor is buzzing. And I was literally just standing in the corner, drank one beer and then just kind of like talked to no one, grabbed a couple appetizers that were, that were walking around and I just kind of left. And it's cool to look back on that experience now when we have a team of we had a team of five or six or so. And like, you know, a lot of people that were coming up to us who are followers, listeners to the podcast met a lot of cool people. It it was just super cool um, to kind of like have that sort of like flashback moment of me being so, so awkward, not being able to talk to anyone, thinking that networking was this crazy thing when all I had to do was just like go up to people and just ask them what they did and talk to them <laughs> introduce like,
1: yourself to them um, oh, yeah.
0: but yeah I remember being super petrified especially with Lauren not being there Lauren's kind of like my my like social like you know partner in crime where <laughs> she gets to Kick off conversations, and then I get to kind of like ease in after that. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we tend to play off each other, yeah. <laughs> and I tend to do most of the talking. <laughs> Not on the podcast, though.
0: Uh, yeah, we do, we do a good job splitting it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, well, enough for the perform better so, podcast. anyway, yeah, that, is our- podcast, <laughs> that was our perform better summit.
1: Our perform better experience. Um, so we have three questions today that we want to go over. The first one is from
0: a squat at- and deadlifts.
1: Yeah, lots on squats and deadlifts, which is cool. Um, First one is from Ash J. Colby. And this was in response to one of our Instagram posts um, about squat mistakes. So the mistake that they were responding to was squatting um, either with your knees caving in or with a forward weight shift. And the forward weight shift was number one. So this person said, I suffer from problem number one and catch myself on my toes often during my back squat. I think about distributing my weight across my foot but still end up forward. Is it a mobility issue or are there some exercises I can do to lean back more uh,
0: this is a great question so um, and it's very common people when they come in here uh, come in to achieve and first uh, attempt squatting it's typically with a forward weight shift where their knees tend to either shoot forward or inwards or forward and inwards and becomes a very um, inefficient to, inefficient pattern to squat with if you're using any sort of weight at all so the way we try to counteract this is by setting up a low plyo box or some sort of low bench directly behind them and from there we have them get about a feet shoulder width apart sort of um, situation and then we have them flare their feet about 20 to 30 degrees um, out to the sides and then from there what we have them do is we have them grab a plate like a five pound plate or so and we have them sit back to the box allow their torso to lean forward and really push the weight out in front of them as they squat down and then, they have, and then we have them stand back up, bring the dumbbell back in or the plate back in, and stand up tall. So what happens there is, first of all, the weight that you're pushing out serves as a counterbalance. And also the box behind you serves as just like mental reassurance that you're not going to topple backwards because you're sitting back so far. So you have two mechanisms to really um, ensure that you're able to sit back far enough while you're squatting.
1: Yeah, and I would also recommend doing that in a really flat or in flat shoe or bare feet because mm, yeah. if you're in a big bulky shoe where your heels are kind of elevated, it's already pushing you slightly forward onto your toes. Um, so to try to train this pattern, it's best if you can be in like a flat shoe or on a flat surface without your shoes.
0: Yeah. The other thing uh, that we uh, toy around with, if someone's having some really diff- like difficult time squatting down, we'll actually slide... A couple of five pound plates underneath their heels and if you have any sort of ankle mobility restriction and all this can really alleviate any sort of um, restriction that you have down there and it can just kind of signify that hey if i can squat really well with a slight heel lift more than likely i should be working on some ankle mobility drills in between my heel lift squats just so that over time i can start to remove that heel lift and squat properly
1: yeah so basically that just serves as a message of like it's not your hips aren't too tight, you're not, yeah. you're, you don't have restrictions in other areas, it's pretty much your ankles.
0: Just just your ankles, it clears that aspect of it.
1: And yeah. the counterbalance takes into account, using that plate as counterbalance takes into account if it might be more of a core issue, um, because yep. a lot of times it's a stability issue and your core isn't quite Working the way that it's supposed to to keep you feeling balanced. So having that counterbalance kind of helps to establish a good core position, mm-hmm. um, and that can help to actually feel more comfortable going down and up in the squat.
0: Yeah. But yeah, oftentimes um, a lot of people set up really narrow in the squat as well. So their feet are about hip width apart, feet relatively straight forward, And when you have that small of a base of support, that can really affect how you can really shift back. So we like about shoulder width with feet slightly flared. Um, to start with, to address your base of support.
1: Cool. Cool. All right. Hopefully that one helps. So number two is from the Les Chan and they asked the difference between dumbbell deadlifts and standard barbell deadlifts and why dumbbell deadlifts aren't as commonly done. I've always wondered about that as someone with zero access to a barbell at the moment. I'd love to know if deadlifting with dumbbells is not a safe workout to do. Hmm. So this is a great question and definitely, um, We always like these little reminders that not everyone has access to everything and we need to make sure that we're never saying, like, this is the end-all be-all way to do this exercise because there's always ways to get the same get a similar effect with different equipment or what or with your own body weight um and you just have to sometimes get a little bit creative so thank you for bringing that to our attention if it was kind of one of those things where you felt like they're always only using barbells is that the only way that (laughs) i'm supposed to deadlift and that's definitely not the case um we think that you can perform a deadlift move with whatever implement you have access to. It's the movement pattern of the hip hinge and picking something up off the floor or hinging down and standing up. That's the important aspect of a deadlift. Um, So doing it with, with dumbbells is totally fine. Um, the, the differences there are going to be the dumbbells will probably be lower to the floor. So if you're trying to start from the floor, it would be more difficult. So you might want to raise them up onto something like deadlift them off of a small box or something like yeah. that. Um, or you could perform like an RDL or Romanian deadlift instead, which is where you're starting from the top, holding them in your hands already, hinging your hips back. And you don't have to go all the way to the floor, but maybe to like mid shin height and then stand back up. Um, But certainly they're not um, unsafe to do. Um, And the only thing, the only reason why we tend to shift more toward barbell or trap bar is because um, loading them is a little bit easier and progressing them that way is a little bit easier. So dumbbells have pretty big jumps. They also get a little bit awkward as they get really Big and mm-hmm. bulky, whereas the deadlift, the bar stays the same size, and you just add weights onto the outside, so they don't get um, as bulky or feel like as cumbersome.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was gonna refer to. Like the most popular uh, compound movements are deadlift, barbell deadlift, barbell squat, and barbell bench press. Um, and yeah, just having a a bilateral stance where both feet are on the floor or both feet are both hands are on the bar. Um, It just lends itself to having the most amount of stability possible and most leverage for you to lift the um, actual implement off the floor. Um, But having said that, we use dumbbells and kettlebells, um, various different implements like that um, quite a bit with our members because we love the instability aspect of it. Um, We love that. Um, we, we can work both sides independently um, of each other. So um, there's numerous benefits to using dumbbells and kettlebells and stuff like that that barbells don't offer. Mm. Um, we just speak to uh, barbells a lot because it, we really love the idea of being able to slowly progress incrementally over time. And dumbbells, it's often just five-pound jumps, which can be quite a bit, especially if you're using them for any sort of um, exercise that – Requires you know using one arm, <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: um, and they they get harder on the grip, I would say probably too, because they usually have a thicker oh, totally, handle. Yeah. <laughs> so as the weight goes gets heavier and heavier, it just becomes harder to maintain a solid grip on where the barbell grip stays the same width. Um, so just different factors that lend lend themselves to the barbell being easier to progress to heavier and heavier weights. Um, But again, nothing wrong with doing dumbbell deadlifts. And if that's what you have access to, we would highly recommend doing dumbbell dumbbell deadlifts. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Cool. All right. And then moving right along to question number three. So this one is from... N underscore icky, which I'm assuming is Nicky.
0: Using my deductive reasoning.
1: (laughs) They asked, uh, there's a client who can't do proper deadlifts or squats because he can't put his bum to the back. (laughs) His lower back stays bowl, so his hips are, if I'm right, posteriorly rotated. Uh, I hope you get what I mean. Now the question, how can I help him? I'm already stretching his hamstrings because these are way too short, but that takes ages. He can do cat-cows, and now I don't know what to do anymore. Thank you in advance. Kindly.
0: Do you think, you think they're uh, English or Australian? What's bowl?
1: I don't know, but I'm assuming it's like posteriorly tilted. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I
0: think they accurately described it. Yeah. Um, basically, we've, we've had a number of um, members who have presented with this sort of um, posture, basically, when hip-pinching um, and just trying to basically get into a deadlift or Romanian deadlift situation, um, even without any load, when they shift their hips back. Uh, either their hip structure is uh, built a certain way or their hamstrings are so like actually shortened that if they even sit back a tiny bit, their lower back starts to round um, pretty excessively. Right. Yeah. So we've had a number of those um people that have presented with this. And, you know, over the years, what we've kind of just come to the conclusion with is that it's not really worth it to squat and deadlift heavy with them or sometimes even at all. And what we gravitated towards more are things like a staggered stance single leg deadlift, uh, things like a staggered stance trap bar deadlifts. Basically, by putting one foot in front of the other slightly, it minimi- uh, minimizes the, um, the amount of stretch needed on the hamstrings because you're slacking one side. So you're able to sit back a little bit more effectively uh, without putting so much pressure on your posterior chain to hinge. Um, so we've done a lot more of those types of variations and then also doing things like barbell split squats or um, heavier step ups. There's plenty of ways we can really overload and challenge the legs without forcing um, them into a position that just isn't really built for them. Like especially if it's not even hamstring mobility but it's actually like their hip structure um, then it's, it's you're just kind of barking up the wrong tree. So um, just kind of understanding that while squats, deadlifts, bench press, like those moves are very beneficial for their progressive overload benefits, Um, you do want to consider that it might not be a good time to put someone or force someone in those positions if their body can't really adapt to them.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've had a few people, and, like, it took us a long time to come to this realization, so we've had a few people Mm. who we spent so long, like, they just need more hip mobility, they just need to, like, they just need to stretch more, they just need to be more flexible, and it's, like, at a certain point, they actually have gotten much better at, like, in terms of mobility and flexibility um, overall, but they still just aren't able to sit back. And it's, like, at at what point do we keep, like, just hammering in on the same kind of mobility exercises and or do we just say like hey we can work the legs in many other ways. And nobody has like who's to say that you have to squat in order to like that you have to barbell squat in order to like have a good exercise program. But you don't. It's just it it's sometimes we are made to feel that way because it's like, well, there are so many benefits to it and there's so many reasons why it's easier to progress, like Jason was saying, but progressing a like if you go barbell on your back back foot elevated like a romanian uh or sorry what am i saying a bulgarian split squat or rear foot elevated split squat like that's brutal on the (laughs) legs right and that's something that doesn't require that posterior hip shift um but still works the same muscle groups works the quads works the glutes works the hamstrings
0: yeah and then like it, it can become um a little bit overbearing on the person as well so You know, I had a couple people that, again, like I would try to stretch them every single day. I would try to get them in these positions every single day. And it would get to a certain point where um, it just became like every time they came in, it was trying to work on one of their like weaknesses, basically, or inefficiencies. Um, And it ended up just being like just it ends up being not as fun if you're consistently just doing something that you're not necessarily inherently good at. So instead, now what we do is put them in positions to succeed. So doing things like um, RFEs like Lauren just talked about or heavier step-ups, heavier split squats, staggered stance, deadlifts, these sorts of moves that really put them in a position to succeed and they can actually do and challenge themselves with. And then also hammer away at their upper body. Um, You know, definitely doesn't hurt to make sure to keep in some sort of hamstring mobility or hip mobility, ankle mobility type of drills in on a daily basis. But maybe just um, not putting so much emphasis on it every single workout, um, even though you are obviously trying to do the right thing, just like we were in the past as well. So um, yeah, just keeping in mind that you you don't have to go and heavy squat, heavy deadlift them. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's about it.
1: Yeah. So those are three questions today. Um, yeah. Do we want to end up? There was. A, no, that was it. I was gonna. Add, I was gonna add something. But no, add something. Well, okay, so this is a little something that happened on Instagram that I kind of thought was worth uh, mentioning, just as a seven months pregnant um, woman. (laughs) So um, we had a comment on one of our posts that said something like, um, it was a post of me doing demonstrating workout, it wasn't, like, it was photos and a video, and the person said, is she pregnant or has a mom bod? Um, And I just (laughs) thought this was worth addressing, because um, I am pregnant, which is, like, fine whatever um it wasn't something that was mentioned in the post or really something that um we were asking for comments on but whatever it's fine like i am pregnant and a lot of people are saying like oh look at the bump and like cheering me on and being like hey it's awesome that you're showing strength exercises while you're pregnant showing people that you can do this stuff um that's been most of the comments most things have been so so positive Mm -hmm. but this one really kind of took like it, it took me a minute to figure out how to respond because i was like this is it feels so harsh to say something like that. Um, and the reason I think that I got so upset was because there's so many women who they, women already have so much pressure to get their bodies back, quote unquote, from going through pregnancy. And I get the whole dad bod thing like, ha ha, dad bod that has nothing to do with the an actual change like physiological change that goes through that a a man goes through mm-hmm. to actually have like grow and deliver a child and so it's not the same and it shouldn't be used toward, I don't think it should be used toward anyone. Um, I don't think it's a nice thing to say about anyone, but it really shouldn't be used toward women. Um, I really think that it can be really damaging for anyone who's just had a baby. I mean, when you just have a baby, you still do look pregnant. And to make somebody feel bad about that or call that a mom bod, um, I thought was really, just could be really damaging. And so I just wanted to bring that up and kind of have a little dialogue about that and make sure people know that, there should be some sensitivity around women who are either pregnant or have just given birth or, or have given birth 20 years ago, their bodies are just going to look different. And that's perfectly okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you, um, I mean, you've had body image stuff in the past, Right. right? And, um, like now you're at a really good point. Um, but like, You know, like, that got you a little bit upset, right?
1: Yeah, and it wasn't... I actually got... I found myself getting upset for... ...anybody who's going through it right now. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I'm not in a place... Well, also, like, I'm currently pregnant, which I think is different. Like, honestly, it's going to be different and harder, I think, for me, postpartum, when I'm... Maybe get comments like, are you pregnant? And I'm not. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because I probably... That probably will happen. And that's going to be fine, and I'll address it, you know, in a way, the same way that I am now, but just knowing that that could be so triggering for people and and upsetting for people and just thinking about like, why do we feel the need to comment on that kind of stuff? Yeah. And, and just ask yourself, like, why is this a productive question for me to ask? Like, am I curious? Because I want to know, like, is she doing this while pregnant? And is that okay? Like, are these exercises safe for pregnant women? Like, those are totally valid questions. Totally. And, like, I want to answer those questions. And I want to put it out there that you can do these strength training moves, and it's totally safe. Um, but if you're just asking about somebody's body, just kind of ask yourself why you'd want to know. Are you just curious, or are you <laughs> actually asking because you have a real question that could help you in training other people? Yeah, that kind of thing.
0: Um, but yeah, I thought I thought you had a really good response. It was very just kind of matter of fact about the situation. Um, I think it's it's very easy, especially on the internet, to just blow up at someone right yeah you could have uh you could have you know really you know in in the right actually probably you know uh (laughs) kind of blown up blown up at them but i think um in order to create real actual conversation and actual change we have to just kind of like deal with it in much more um almost unemotional manner um even though it's such an emotional topic
1: yeah so yeah i I think think that that if i just went about it in terms of just like lecturing this person on why he was inappropriate. Yeah. It would have come across as then that person just gets defensive or thinks I'm like irrational or whatever like this whole like misunderstanding starts to take place. Totally, of, like yeah. we're going after each other whereas I just want to say like hey, I would think twice about using that terminology because you actually probably didn't even mean it but it could actually be really damaging for someone. yeah And to hear that is like you actually maybe I hope that this person would be like oh, you know what? I didn't even think of it that way. And and I'll actually rethink the way I, the language I use instead of if I just lashed out, it would have been an instant like defense mode, right? Of Like, well, don't call me like you're calling me (laughs) mean or you're calling me ignorant. (laughs) Like those are, those are terms that when you throw those out, it creates this instant like, um, uh, back and forth and, and, and like barrier between you. So trying to keep things as open as possible with the dialogue and just trying to get people to audit themselves a little bit in terms of the the words that they're using, so.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the last piece to this that I kind of wanted to chime in on is that, you know, like, even though you see us on Instagram and on YouTube and, like, we've got, um, like, we're performing these exercises and you think that we're very in shape, like, we still also have the same, like, you know, thoughts and, um, you know, body image stuff that we all go through. So it's just um, understanding that, that you are not alone and that we all are kind of all the same boat with all this sort of stuff. So um, yeah, yeah,
1: and yeah words <laughs> words can hurt, and words can heal. And so try to use healing words as much as possible yeah <laughs> All right, that's I'm glad what, you brought that up I just wanted to put that out there because I thought it was important so anyway those are our burning questions or our answers to your burning questions plus a little bonus uh, tidbit at the end <laughs> and if you all have any other questions for us we're going to be recording another podcast in a couple days so we would love to hear them you can send them to us at Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram send us a DM or you can comment on one of our posts and we'll answer your question from there And if you wouldn't mind leaving us an iTunes review, we'd be super, super grateful for that as well. And until next time, peace, love, and and muscles. muscles.